the only way to know a layout is to do that until you're miserable. Episode 36, January 2015. In this episode, Grant Walton talks about the importance of REMS for responsive design and topography. He explains the problems he ran into using REMS, and he also talks about viewport size topography. What are REMS and why are they so important for building responsive sites and responsive topography? Yeah. Um, so in setting back in the old days or, or before responsive, and, and really I think a lot of people were advocating relative units before this, but I didn't, it took responsive for me to really understand why this was so important. But uh, if you set something in pixels, you have to redefine those a lot. So um, let's say I have a very narrow layout. Uh, I want a 16 uh pixel type and uh, I want it to, to and then I, I, I have a lot of measure like I'm using units to define things like spacing and margin and padding and sizing all around it. Um, you can use M's and it's based on like the element that you're designing. So if there's a sidebar and you set the font size uh, sidebar to be a little bit larger, everything will be based on that, which can get really confusing if you have multiple, like if you have like a sidebar, a main column of content and a footer and a header and they all have a different font size and you're trying to remember the M unit, you know, what, what it's based on. REM is just an easier way to sort of go back all the way to the root. So if I say REMs, it's just going to go back to basically the body. So it's an easier way to manage relative units, but, um, and it, and it is extra work, I think, up front, the first time you're kind of setting out a layout to use relative units, but um, it, it really, really can pay off. I've got a post called Flexible Foundations that has a couple of live code examples that sort of show how much less code can be used when you're just, you know, when you're using these relative units um, and, and changing layouts. And the more media queries and things you, you add, you'll find that you're writing less code with every change um, you make. I mean, really if, if you wanted to and i think my my blog maybe does a little bit of this but uh you could you could um write a, an entire layout in with css using relative units and just change the root font size and the whole thing will kind of proportionally scale and adjust it's almost like a, a way, it's almost like fixed if you use pixel values it's like making a raster image version of a website and if you use relative units you're kind of vectorizing it and making it ready to scale and shape uh, so the more you can do that um, the more payoff and the easier it's going to be and the more future proof or future friendly you'll find it to be what kind of problems did you run into using rems yeah yeah it's always a pretty it's a pretty dirty process every time is never the same um, that could be like a bin width max width thing and making sure that th like that the rules are being inherited the way you want them to. But at the same time, I mean, we've even, we've, 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 there are times where we've found it important to use a pixel value or an M or a REM. And some of those can be, you know, we, sometimes we work on really large sites and large systems and we'll know that this needs to be a certain one of these units for a very specific reason. Maybe it has something to do with getting the layout to, to look the way we want. Maybe it has something to do with making sure that if a module is reused from page to page, that it isn't impacted by anything else. And even sometimes it can be like a personnel issue. Like if we know that um, the way that this, this other, the, the development team at this client's office is going to use this or do this, we'll make sure that it's something that we know will be used properly or or maybe not prop, pro, maybe properly is not the right word, but it, it'll, it'll be something that will work with the way that they, they work and the way that they think the, the site should be coded. 
So yeah, right tool for the right job, I think. But yeah, it's it's, it's um it's easy. I think I almost make it sound a little too easy. Then when I was like, oh yeah, you can just set it and forget it. It's no problem. Um, you, you know, there is no. It does make things a little bit easier to manage uh, for sure. But in no way. Um, you know, for me, the create, creative process now with responsive is really you just, go, <laughs> I'm kind of joking about this, but you sort of go to a, a really dark place where you have like 10 different, maybe not 10, but like five or six different layouts in your head and you're, you're trying to remember, you know, it gets like 3D mental web design. You're trying to remember how this changes and when this changes and when that kicks in and you're trying to pull all these things together in your brain. And that's really, for me, like the only way I've found to really get a layout from my like, okay, like, a, you know, okay, this is a responsive site and nothing breaks to, to what I would consider being really solid. I've checked it on multiple devices. I, I, I know how it feels, but really more than anything at any, at any, you know, people joke about responsive web designers resizing the browser but, and, and that maybe that's a little silly, but that is how, for me, from a layout perspective, I'm sure there's like performance and other things that we have to test and, bu and look for bugs. And, and on all devices, but for me, when you're starting with just getting a layout, you, the only way to know a layout is to do that until you're miserable. <laughs> it's sad, but um, but but at the same time, I really, I mean, you get really bored with laying out web pages that were fixed with on you know just one page, and you just sit there and you lay it out and you be done with it. Um, you make it look like the Photoshop document. There's nothing really expressive or unknown about that. It, we've done it. We got it. No problem. We had a, you know a million CSS galleries that were showing all these layouts and. And now that we have this multi-dimensional kind of multi-device responsive world, it's 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 a lot to manage, and there's a lot of a lot of stuff you kind of got to look at, and there's can be things breaking, and and, and at every breakpoint, there's always weird things that happen. But to me, I think that's what makes it um, fun again. The, the the pain's worth it, I guess. Can you talk about viewport size topography and how you use it? How you use it? I mean, given that you're still a fan of that. Yeah. So. It's funny. I've 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 talked a lot about it a lot, and I have like pretty high hopes for what we could use it for. But basically, you know, there's there's viewport units, and they're based on the size of the screen. So viewport width, viewport height, or viewport min, which I think is equal to which whichever one is smaller. So if I were to set something, uh, let's and and so I should say this more than font size. Um, I still really like the idea of locking things in within the context of the page to be rems or m's mostly, and then sometimes edge cases for pixels. Um, you know, well, so for most cases, I still always do that. There are these weird things, especially on my own blog, where I, I kind of want images, I mean, text to behave like an image. I want it to scale. I make these silly little graphics where there's a, an image and there's text kind of wrapping around it. And it isn't really like a tradition. It's, I don't want it to behave the way text should and normally does behave. I kind of want it to shrink and scale. And I don't want it to wrap because it would sort of break the the design of it all. Um, so in those senses, we've we built this this um, jQuery plugin called FitText that I, that I use, but I've really only used it mostly on my own stuff, very, very rarely, if at all, on client stuff. But um, viewport width and viewport height units could be a way to, to do that, just that the font size will sort of be some sort of a number based on the size, based on like 1% of the width or the height of the browser. Now, that said, where I really, 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 really like these units is um, using them to set vertical or horizontal, but mostly vertical space between like, not really paragraphs, but more so like a, a page with multiple types of 
content. So like if there's a tier that talks about one thing and a tier that talks about something else, um, I, you, to be able like imagine that and then you could use viewport height units instead of M's or pixels. If I have a really, really big screen that's really, really tall, maybe I want to make sure that there's a nice little pause. So the, the taller the window there is, the more space there will be between the two modules. So I've liked using them for spacing a little bit more. Um, you kind of got to watch because I think some browsers it won't work. So you almost have to define if you're writing CSS, you could say like, tier, you know, div class tier, not that that's probably, you'd probably call it a section, but you, you would say M's first, like, so you'd say vertical padding, um, you know, 10 M's. And then you would say underneath that, you could say like 10 or 15 or whatever viewport height units, VH. Uh, so, you, so you'd have a fallback, but I've really liked, I did that on, um, the many faces of.com. There's a post up there right now that we, we did. Uh, and so, uh, and that uses it. And it, it was kind of fun to kind of see how the layout could sort of be more relevant or more like aware, I guess, of, of, of the, the viewport that, um, is, it's being pulled up on. If I understand this correctly, could this be used for applying vertical rhythm easily on a page? Yeah, I don't know from from a uh, I haven't experimented with it from from like a strictly typographic sense like if you're working with line height, you might be able to, but I think also then, you know, it won't know how many columns of text there are. I could see if you have a layout that um goes from one column and is pretty like wide and you want a, a healthy amount of space between lines and it go and then it breaks to two, you'd still have to do the media query heavy lifting and the critical thinking there, which I think is where I go back to it. It can be a handy tool, but um, it will not replace um, like the amount of media queries you'd have to write because at some point, you know, if you were just to set a paragraph and it may work, somebody could prove me wrong. Um, and I mean, I think it could be done for sure. I just haven't found it too, too useful for us at the, at, with the stuff we've been working on. But I could see how if you were setting a paragraph font size with like viewport width units and you and it, it looked pretty cool it was fine at 16 pixels and some smaller width and it gets wider and wider I could see the font size becoming like and I, I usually set type uh, type on my own site fairly large but like you know 50 pixel font size with these viewport width units so you could kind of I think I could see you having to do like a media query to, to, to cap that or, or stop that or something like that so mm -hmm.